Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to The Season Keepers, the show where the only two people we recommend keeping for the season is us. My name's Matt, a.k.a. Clean Sheet Wipeout. My name's James, a.k.a. FPL Drug. Good to see you, mate. Uh, long time coming. We haven't really uh, chatted about FPL at all this summer, have we? Season 2, Episode 1. Yeah, let's call it that. Yeah, it's, just, it's been a while. Um, looking forward to it. Obviously, we've... Uh, Oh, I'm sure thoroughly enjoyed the break, even though it's not really been a break because we've had the Euros, haven't we? We have, yeah. Um, that's very much taken my concentration rather than, you know, focusing on FPL. I jumped in there. I think I got a, an ID of 200. I thought, you know, I was working at the time. wasn't really working during the uh, the launch. Got 200 plus autocomplete, and I haven't really looked at my fantasy team since, but been far too invested in the Euros. No, it's been a great competition so far. Obviously, as we record, England are still still in the competition at the semi-finals. Um, hopefully, we'll get through to the final, and who knows what can happen. Yeah, exactly. That's that's partly one of the reasons why we're recording today is because I think both of us will be uh, drinking heavily tomorrow night. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, what we wanted to do for uh, the first episode to kind of kickstart season two for the season keepers is. Um, a little look at the pricing, uh, similar to what we did at the beginning of last season. So James has kindly kind of delved into the FPL universe and um, had a little look at the pricing for you know, players that he particularly likes, players that he thinks might be a little bit under or overpriced um, at the forward, midfielder, defensive and goalkeeper start. So I guess what we're going to do is have a little conversation about it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we are. And we'll start with the strikers. And we'll start with the strikers that I think are good value before moving on to some of the ones that are a bit questionable. So ones I like the look of. Um, Watkins at 7.5 million for Villa, I think is quite a good price, especially considering the introduction of well, the transfer of Buendia from uh, yeah. Norwich, who's going to be feeding him some some decent balls. Um Irrespective of wherever Grealish stays, I think Villa are going to be producing some good balls through to, to Watkins, and I think he's he's great value. So um, definitely one in my thoughts at the moment. Um, definitely agree there. I think, like like you said about Grealish, I mean, if Grealish stays uh, Aston Villa, then that that front line, the service that that man is going to get is unbelievable. But even if he doesn't, Wendy is an exceptional signing. See, so yeah, I'll agree with you there. Yeah, definitely. Um, and my other picks, there's a quite a lot in the sort of 7.5 million sort of price range. Um, other people in that range, I've got uh, Callum Wilson and Mikel Antonio, both at 7.5 million. Obviously, both of those them have had their problems with injuries, uh, more Antonio than Wilson, but yeah. Wilson's been known to have like a hamstring go every now and again as well. Um, I think... They're both quite consistent players. Um, very much a confidence player, I think, is Callum Wilson. Yeah, hundred percent. He will. He can go on a bit of a barren run from time to time, but they're players I like personally in, in the game. I always tend to own them at least one point during the season, and I think their their prices are still pretty good. Nothing to to put me off them. Yeah. I was having a look at that kind of seven to eight million pound mark earlier, and th- there are some absolute bargains in there. I think the, the one that 
worries me a little bit, and I guess I don't know how it's going to pay off, is um, the fact that Leicester have signed Dakar. So obviously they've now got three forwards. Um, both Dakar and Ian Archer are priced at 7.5 million. Now, obviously, we all know how well Nacho kind of did towards the end of last season. I mean, if you weren't on him, you were seeing red arrows every single week. But with with Leicester, obviously, they've got European football. Are we likely to see heavy rotation between Vardy, who I think has been overpriced, and then Iheanacho and Dakar? Potentially, yeah. All three could rotate, um, depending on their minutes. Um yeah, you mentioned Vardy there. He's actually, I mean, I'll come on to it, but he's one of my sort of bad value picks. I mean, his value's increased. Mm. Obviously, he had an okay season. It's, he's sort of, his returns are getting lower each season now. And I think 10.5 is just a little bit too much for him to, when you've got like the likes of Watkins, that are 3 million cheaper. So, yeah, he's on, he's on the bad side for me. Um, I think it's good value. It's not It's not great value, but I'd say it's still good value. It's Patrick Bamford at 8 million. Yeah. Uh, I think no, the amount I think of goals so. he scored last season, I think that's still a good pick. Very much like um, the way Ings got priced up after his good season prior to last season. I think Bamford's still a great pick. Yeah, it's understandable. Um, I did read that Richarlison might be at the Olympics. Um I know Liverpool have said no to Mo Salah going, but I have a feeling that Everton are allowing Richarlison to go. So I don't know if that's going to have an impact on Calvert-Lewin because I think it will mean that Richarlison will miss. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I read that he would then end up missing at least the first two games of the Premier League season. All right. But it's one to keep an eye on, definitely. Um, You know, the Olympics haven't started yet, so... Whether whether he does go, I'm not sure. But it was just an article I was reading earlier about the impact of the Olympics on Premier League players. And it was mainly about Liverpool saying no to Salah. But then, yeah, I read about Richarlison and the fact that I believe he's probably going with Brazil. So. Right, so potentially Everton might be a bit weaker. Um, be interesting to see how that sort of impacts the team. Yeah. And, and Benitez, well, we don't even know how Benitez is going to set up anyway. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like uh, we've just started today on, on the FPL, but we've already had four managerial changes um, this summer, haven't we? So (laughs) that could have a big impact. Oh yeah. I'm I'm really keen to see how, um, how Palace are going to get on as well with Vieira. Vieira. Yeah. That's a, it's an interesting one. It is. Um, And another attacking pick that I think is potentially good value it's a bit bit of a punt but obviously one that everyone's been talking about is uh, Tony at Tony. Brentford 6.5 yeah I knew you were going to say him absolutely um, I think yes I think 6.5 million for Tony is a really good price had they gone 6 I think it would have been too easy for um, people to throw him straight into their teams adding that extra 0.5 million I think you've got a decision to make but um, yeah, for me, I'll probably be starting with uh, with Tony. Six point five million. He's a, he's a great enabler. We know that he's likely to um, you know play pretty much every game. And in fairness, Brentford have a relatively decent run for the first few games. So I mean, it, it's something we're going to come on to in the next episode. Um, we're going to have a proper delve into the the first six fixtures for every club. But yeah, it was one that. 
I looked at and just looking at ownership um, on the website already, he's 36 and a half percent owned. So, <laughs> so many people are going to have him. Well, it's not just Twitter then, it's uh, everyone else as well going, oh, I have a piece of yeah, him. Yeah, for Obviously, sure. Obviously, four too many in the championship. Um, I mean, Watkins obviously played played pretty well after coming up from also Brentford, obviously. Um, yeah, but onto the on the onto the uh, bad value players. Um, so obviously Vardy, I mentioned first. Uh, Firmino, nine million. I don't know. I don't understand how he's still nine million. He should be. He should be like six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hundred percent. The returns just aren't there. If if you're going for that Liverpool forward, you're always going to go Salah or Mane. Yeah, and another and, and another kind of one of that ilk is Aubameyang at ten million, which yeah. obviously you'd be stupid to play that that amount. And obviously he's been reclassified as well. Yeah, exactly. They took they took the gamble last season to reclassify him as a midfielder, and they've straight away reclassified him again as a forward. Yes, that's a strange one. That is doesn't, doesn't make um, any sense. Lastly, I've gone maybe a bit controversially. I've gone Timo Werner. At, Nine million. I feel like potentially that's a little bit too much to pay for him. Agreed. Um, I think Kai Havertz will be the one that a lot of people will be going for at Chelsea rather than Timo Werner. That's a fair shout. Um, so that, that's us kind of boxed off strikers, unless there's any you'd like to add. So there's two other strikers I want to quickly mention. Now, for me, the they're both move dependent. So the first one is Harry Kane um, at 12 and a half million. If he stays at Spurs under Nuno, I think that's expensive for Harry Kane. I mean, we know what you can do, but I'm just not sure they will play in the style that will allow him to repeat what he did last season, especially at 12 and a half million. Given the next expect, mo- he's two million more than Jamie Vardy, who's the second most expensive forward. Now, twelve and a half million is a lot of money. However, if he moves to Manchester City, even twelve and a half million is a bargain, in my opinion. Yeah, he'll probably get rotated occasionally because that's Pep. But twelve and a half million for a striker that I think will easily score twenty-five plus goals in that Manchester City team. Whereas I don't know. If under Nuno, he struggles to replicate the 20-goal season that he's had last season. I'd, I'd agree with that, to be honest. I think if he moves to Man City, he's straight away in my team. He would have been even at 13 million. Yeah. But at Tottenham, that, at that price, it does give you something to think about. Because obviously he was about, what, 11, 11.5 last season. And that felt... About, about right that felt yeah, quite nice exactly but. so I, I was surprised to see him jump to 12 and a half and the other player um, which is actually linked to Harry Kane if Harry Kane moves to Man City after the news that Danny Ings isn't going to sign a contract for Saints which is another story altogether I think Spurs would likely go for Danny Ings and at 8 million playing for Spurs that would be an absolute bargain that's a very good shout, yeah. I mean, I've always liked Ings as a player, an FPL player, a very consistent player. So, yeah, yeah Spurs, with ultimately better delivery. Um, why not? 
Yeah, it's just, it frustrates me as a Saints fan, but I don't think it's unexpected that he won't sign the deal. Mm -hmm. because he's a bit of a blow seeing that they had offered him the best ever deal for a Saints player. I know, exactly. (laughs) I personally think missing out on the Euro squad, and to be fair, that was probably down to injury more than anything. So that's kind of on him. But I think missing out on that Euro squad and with the World Cup being so close, obviously next winter, I think he wants to push himself as much as he possibly can to potentially take Calvert-Lewin's slot in that squad, for instance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can understand his ambition. Absolutely. um, Especially with the kind of lack of intent from our board. um, (laughs) Exactly, right in the bank. So... Um, on to midfield, uh, similar to how the 7.5s were dominating my thoughts for attackers, I think the 6.5s are quite good in midfield. So, obviously, the one that stands out is Rafinha at 6.5. Yeah. In, in what is a very attacking Leeds team, I think he's he's a good pick. I think Buendia, as we mentioned earlier, he's 6.5. So, that's going to be a great pick irrespective of where Jack Grealish is. Agreed. And another 6.5, I think, providing he plays, which based on the Euros, he definitely should do, is Saka at Arsenal mm-hmm. for 6.5 million. I think that's yeah. a bargain. Absolutely. If he played, yeah. like, he's playing at the Euros for Arsenal, it'd be a Surely Arteta has to start Saka in most games for Arsenal this season. Ha- has to. He has to. If, he, if he's good enough for that England squad... Then he's definitely oh. good enough for for a underperforming Arsenal. Exactly, and and to be fair, I genuinely think obviously we're recording prior to tomorrow's game. I think Saka comes back into that lineup because I genuinely feel in the system that we want to go forward with, Saka is in that first eleven. Yeah, yeah, no, I think so. I think the two wingers, are obviously Sterling and Saka, have been banging form for, yeah. in, for England. It's um. Sterling probably, in fairness, if he didn't have this such a good Euros, he'd go down as one of my bad value picks for the midfield. <laughs> he'd he'd I, save himself. <laughs> I still think he's pricey, personally, but we'll come on. To oh, yeah, I won't be going there, but I wouldn't say he's bad value based on the way he's been playing. No. Um, uh, another pick for me um, is Mason Mount, 7.5 for Chelsea. I think he's one that potentially maybe others might sort of <laughs> glance, like, miss. Um, I think... That's a good price for him. I think, yeah, I think it's reasonable. Um, my only worry would be, I guess, how he's used next season. Um, just, just with Chelsea in general, I think we saw at times they were quite um, defensive um, in periods. You know, to to see out a game and particularly towards the end of the season. I think Chelsea could maybe replicate what they did there. And for me, Mason Mount, it's one to keep an eye on. I'm not sure I'll start with him personally, but it's 7.5. If he's constant in that 11 and he's one of the more forward runners in that midfield squad and can continually get in the box like he does, like we see with England and obviously like we see in certain games with Chelsea, then yeah, he's in there. But he's very much in the maybe pile for me at the moment. I see. I think I'm more kind of 
positive about him. I think him and Havertz are going to have a very good season. So they're sort of in my thoughts. I think if Havertz is going to play well, I think that's going to rub off a mount and vice versa. Um, with regards to midfielders that I think are bad value, I've only kind of actually noted down two that stand out. I think Mane at 12 million, I think they missed the trick pricing him at 12 million. I think it makes it too easy to go to Mo Salah for yeah. 5 million more. I think Mane, if they priced him at what, 10.5, something like that, 10, then you'd want him. You'd be tempted by him. You'd be thinking about getting him in your team. But I think 12 million is a bit steep based yeah. on last season. Agreed. Um, controversially, um, I've put down KDB at 12 million. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Um, his returns last season, obviously he was injured through parts of it, were basically almost half the returns of the pro- the previous season for both goals and assists. Yeah. They dramatically mm. reduced. And he just wasn't as effective like in terms of the eye test, if you want to use a cliche. Watching him play um, just wasn't as effective as he normally is. He, he was still great, obviously, but not... Not to that kind of Mo Salah level of like 12 million worth of player. So I don't think he's good value. Yeah. Admittedly, obviously, um, it was injury hit, like you say. And there was a lot of rotation in that Man City squad towards the end of the season because obviously they were focused on the Champions League, which yeah didn't go very well. Um, and they were in four competitions at one point. So I don't think that particularly helped his returns because I'm pretty sure there was a period where he was fit, but he didn't play in three, at least three Premier League games in a row that he was on the bench because the competitions in midweek were more important. So Pep, obviously, you know, we've seen on the TV the, the those pictures of uh, the benches that they had in the Premier League. And, you know, you just look at it and you're like, that's a starting 11 for, for the most weeks, particularly at the start of the season. So I think De Bruyne is one to keep an eye on. But again, he's picked up injury in um, the Euros. Um, Turns out he was playing with uh, torn ligaments. So he was obviously pilled up to the max to get through that pain barrier to try and get Belgium through. But um, yeah, I'd be surprised if he was fully fit come the start of the season. Any midfielders that are bad value or good value? Um, Good value-wise, um, I think there's two that I'd like to mention. The first being Ferran Torres at seven million for Man City, I think is a great price if he's a regular starter. Now we know obviously there's competition. There's Bernardo Silva. You've got Mares, uh, Foden, the likes. But say Man City don't sign Harry Kane. I'd be interested to see if Ferran Torres plays through that middle like he did towards the end of last season, obviously with, with Aguero's injury. Because I really don't think Pep trusts Jesus um, as much as, as he would, you know, a fit and fire in Aguero. I can see Jesus missing out regularly and being rotated with the likes of Torres because they play that false nine, don't they? And when they do, I think Ferran Torres was so impactful in the games that he played. And I mean, he scored that hat-trick it just shows the talent that the lad's got and he's had a, a relatively decent Euros. He scored a couple of goals that oh, such a good goal for Spain, I think in their route 
the little uh, came on a minute later. It's, it's the flick across the box. It's beautiful. But yeah, it's 7 million. I think he's one to keep an eye on for me. Um, they've got a relatively tough start. So I think it gives you that flexibility to see if he's in the lineup. The other one, um, and again, it's dependent on what we see from Nuno, is Deli Alli. Now, we all know that under Mourinho, he wasn't his favourite. So he, he kind of drops out. But it's 6.5 million. If Deli Alli is a regular feature back in that Spurs lineup, again, I think he's one to keep an eye on because he's got the talent. We all know that he's a very good footballer. But whether he can pull the returns in, Again, a wait and see, but I think there's quite a few in this price range for midfield that allows a bit of flexibility. So there's no reason why you can't start with a Saka, um, for instance, in that first game. And then if you suddenly see that Ferran Torres started, it's a, it's, a, it's an easy swap from Saka to Ferran Torres for the next game when Arsenal then play, I think it's Chelsea and Man City is the next two. So you, you can move. And um, yeah, just looking at the prices briefly, I think that that would be uh, the way to go for me. Okay. Um, any any you'd avoid? Um, it's tricky. I, I agree with you on De Bruyne. Um, for me, at the moment, I'd avoid Sterling as well because, as well as he's played for Man City, no, as well as well as he's played for England, he had issues at Man City last season, and everybody could see it. And even some of the comments that he made when questioned about it at the Euros, I think someone asked about his form um, and he said, oh, you know, well, th- there's reasons for uh, for not performing as well at Man City. So I don't think I'd lump 11 million on him straight away. And again, you're probably right with De Bruyne. I don't think I'd throw 12 million in there. The, the two that everybody is going to be on to start with the fixtures will be Salah and Bruno. And I don't think there's room without ruining a lot of the rest of your team to have three at that price oh definitely not um okay um on to defenders <laughs> now i think there's a lot of good value uh to be had so cheap for defenders um the first one that stands out for me <laughs> cheap for him is luca Dina at 5.5 million yeah i think yeah. that's the cheapest he's ever been and it's not if he was to not perform, you wouldn't have that kind of pain of him you paying six point two six million six whatever he can be in a season. I think that's a good punchable price at five point five and there's plenty of other five point fives to to move to be it say a city defender or whoever it might be that you fancy um he's my first one uh, another one that i'm Quite, I think it's quite a nice price. Is Kufal at five million? Yep. Obviously, got a lot of assists last season. Might have been about, I think it was about eight assists. Mm. Um, obviously, got the potential to keep clean sheets as well. But we've seen his delivery is excellent. Excellent, even for the Czech Republic at the Euros, uh, playing in some great crosses. Um, one that almost certainly probably going to be in my team, to be honest. Um, and then, obviously, we have the man who's been linked with a move to Arsenal, Ben White, at £4.5 million. Yeah. And I think that's a great price, Certainly regardless of what happens yeah. with his transfer. One to keep an eye on, for sure. Definitely. Um, and lastly, the one I've 
picked out is uh, Fafana at Leicester for 4.5. I think to get a Leicester defender 4.5 such as him, that's, that's a great price. Yeah, I have my opinions on on these defensive pricings. I think FPL headquarters have been lazy in terms of pricing defenders this season because I think it's too easy to get playing 4.5 million defenders. And obviously you've mentioned Fafana there. Um, I think the entire Leeds back line is 4.5 million this season. Um, you've also got, again, it depends, I keep going back to this, but it depends on Nuno and who he wants to go with in the formation he plays. But say he gives the likes of Joe Roden a chance at Spurs, he's 4.5 million. Uh, Dyer is 4.5 million for Spurs as well. So we know how defensively solid Nuno can get his teams. Um, if that is the case at Spurs, you've got a couple of absolute bargains there, providing that they're, they're nailed. Um, one to keep an eye on at his price point um, is Nico Williams, 4 million, obviously, currently Man United. Rumoured that Saints are after him. Liverpool. Liverpool, that's it, sorry. It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's because on, on my screen right now I'm looking at the other William, but yeah, the um four million kind of Liverpool based Williams is it's not no it's not. It's Man United. You figured of Brandon Williams. Brandon Williams, that's the one. There you go. Yeah, I'm just there's so many Williams. But <laughs> the one that we're linked to, there you go. It's, yeah. Um four million and the fact that We've already signed a left-back in Perrode, I think is how you pronounce his name. We've got Carl Walker-Peters on the other side. I just don't think that would be the right move for him. If he was to go to another Premier League club and be nailed at either left-back or right-back, because I think he's right-footed, but he plays left-back. So there's no reason why he shouldn't be playing right-back. If he gets nailed at a, a decent Premier League club, you know, mid-table, I'd throw him in at four million, no problem. Yeah, I mean, it would be a great pick if he's playing. I mean, even if he's not playing, it gives you the money, doesn't it? So, and talking of money, I think, um, bad value-wise, I think they've adjusted most of the prices for people that played poorly last season down quite well. Um, However, I think Alexander-Arnold at 7.5 is a bit steep. Even yeah. based on last season's sort of last couple of games, but overall he was the returns were a lot less. Agreed. Whereas you know, if you look at that Liverpool kind of pricing, depending on you know who slots into that centre back slot alongside Van Dijk, Matip and Gomez are both five million. Yeah, and is he worth the two two point five extra? Probably not so not. sure. Yeah, not so sure. Uh, any defenders you'd like to add, good or bad? Um, I think Villa defensively is something to keep an eye on, particularly with the start that they've got to the season. I think they've got the best start of any of the clubs, particularly for the, the first three games. So Mings and Matty Target are both five million. I think that's worth keeping an eye on. Um, if you then look at it, Moving forward, Man United, Luke Shaw had an unbelievable Euros, in my opinion. If he can bring that form for Man United, even at five and a half million, I think I might even prefer going Luke Shaw to to Trent, for instance, 
um, just in terms of the two million spend. If Trent is similar to what he was last season, I don't think there's much difference in terms of output from the two players. So save the two million and go Luke Shaw, in my opinion. Yeah, Luke Shaw's a great shout. And then I guess the other one would be um, Zinchenko. If he nails that left-back slot for Man City, again, five and a half million. I think that's quite a, a reasonable price for him. Whereas looking forward, <laughs> the player that stands out to me that has been priced overpriced the most is Cesar Aspilicueta. Because I have a feeling, I mean, we know that he was then slowly slotting into that center of a back three role. But if they go with wing backs or just a back four, I don't know if Aspie is a regular starter anymore for Chelsea, just just with his age. Yeah, so it's, it's a risk with um, Reese James, obviously, sort of breathing down his neck if, it, if we're talking fullback. Um, yeah, that's a fair shout. Um, On to the keepers, lastly. Um, I think Sanchez, uh, Brighton, 4.5 is what a lot of people have been talking about. Um, equally, Everybody I think... If Vieira can get Palace in order defensively, I think Guaita at 4.5 is a yep. very good pick. Yeah, good show. And uh, one you mentioned to me earlier before we start the stream, Henderson. Yeah, I think he's been underpriced, 5 million. Very good price. Um, providing he doesn't make any howlers, he should hopefully be their number one. Yeah. Uh, to get United clean sheets... For that price, it's it's pretty decent. Um, poorly priced keepers, I don't think there's too many. I think maybe Pope is 0.5 of a million too expensive at Burnley. I think that's quite a lot of money to pay for a Burnley goalkeeper. Obviously, we know what he's capable of, but yeah, um, I think the other two players, I think goalkeepers that have been overpriced. One controversially, I think Martinez has been overpriced by 0.5 million. Yeah. Yes, he yeah. was unbelievable last season. But to jump up to five and a half million, I know that Villa have got a decent start to the season. But the fact that you can get Henderson for half a million cheaper than Martinez just feels wrong. And then you look f- further down that list and you've got Schmeichel in there. Pickford in there, all cheaper than Martinez. I know he, he he got the points because, you know, the save points and he was exceptional there. But if Villa concede the odd goal in most games, then you're paying a lot of money. And it's a, I think it's a similar story to what we were talking about Pope last season, when obviously he got his price increased to five and a half and we're all like, it's a little bit too much. I think Martinez is the same thing here. I'm not sure I'd want to pay five and a half million for Martinez when you can get two goalkeepers that are regular and decent teams for cheaper? I'd agree with that. I think it, I think it just puts you off. I think at five million, you'd have had a bit more to think about and it maybe make your team. But yeah, it's just a little bit too much. And then the other one I think that's been overpriced um, is Mendy at Chelsea. I think six million. They've put him up there with Allison and Anderson. Um, Ederson. And... I just don't know if that's justified. I don't think many people would be going Mendy is their goalkeeper. It's six million for Chelsea. No, no, I don't think so. I mean, people do tend to stay away from the premium keepers anyway. Yeah. 
But yeah, I think that is a little bit too much. Regularly, the uh, the four and a half million rotatable goalkeepers, isn't it? So yeah, I think that's what it's going to be this year. I think people will go for a Sanchez and maybe a four point zero one that doesn't even play. Yeah, I I read I had a look online earlier. I can't remember who posted it, but a really good rotatable pair is Brighton and Leeds in terms of goalkeeper rotation. And just even looking at the first five fixtures on screen, um, you could play Sanchez in the first two, then you'd play Meslier, and then you play Sanchez, and then you play Meslier, and you get a green fixture each time. So for nine and a half million, I think that might be worth looking at for those that are starting to build their squads. And no doubt, so many people have probably already spotted that as well and have got them in. But yeah, for me, I may well look to start with Sanchez and Meslier. Interesting. Um, um, right. I think that um, concludes all of the kind of good and bad prices that stand out. Um, I hope you've enjoyed enjoyed us going through that. No doubt you will agree with hopefully most of them. Maybe you'll disagree with some. If, if you do, give us a shout at yeah. us. Um, have a go. Absolutely. Um, let us know. Anything you'd like to add, Matt? Um, no, I just, I just hope the everybody's kind of enjoyed uh, the analysis that we've got in there and just, just some early thoughts, isn't it? You know, season two, episode one, but also the, uh, the pod length. Um, I think we're being really conscious this year that we want to do an FPL episode and a sky episode each week. And we're actually looking to probably pull the pod length to about 30, 35 minutes each week because it allows for you to listen to us on commutes and whatnot. So um, I hope that that's kind of appreciated and it's something that we're going to, fingers crossed, um, you know, carry on throughout the season because I just think it makes it for easier listening as well. You know, it's quick, succinct, and we we can make a point. And um, just another thing that uh, we're in discussions with quite a cool guy within the uh, FPL community that a lot of you are aware of. Um, We're not going to say too much at the moment, but um, it should hopefully have an impact on uh, the way our YouTube looks over the next few weeks. So uh, something to keep an eye on, folks. Okay, cool. Um, Well, that's that's us for this week, and I shorten to sync pod. Um, It's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. Thanks, guys. See ya.